they say that they have been here for like three generations already and no one makes it here but of course me you know didn't believe in those <laughs> anyone who is not a property professional i don't listen to yeah. <laughs> yeah. i thought that, that was wise but but yeah it happens that in this project here somehow okay the traffic i mean the road traffic the human traffic just seems to be a bit off you know Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts of A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Dr. Panu Gunsombat, or nicknamed Tay, or even more importantly, on TikTok, you can see him as Dr. Opa. Tay, are you ready to join our mission? Yes, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me here today. Yeah, I've just been scrolling through your TikTok and watching it, and I got a lot of questions for you. But I want to introduce you to the audience. So Dr. Panu Bunsombat, or we're going to call him Tay, is a personal branding professional and the owner of Dr. Opa Facebook page, Instagram page, and TikTok account. With almost 300,000 followers, 52 million views, and he makes a point without dancing or wearing a bikini, and over 3 million likes, Tay, can you take a minute? and tell us what value you bring to this world. Yeah, I mean, actually during the past, right, I've been involved in a bit of, you know, marketing for a lot of companies and, you know, uh, as the advertisement fee, you know, starting to like increase like crazy, I mean, double, triple, you know, so most of the brands look for the alternatives, you know, to in order to reach their target audience, right? So TikTok has been very, how do you say, generous, you know, in terms of the reaches, you know, free, I mean, generic, reach yeah it's so effective and efficient but having said that right the brands have to have the how do you say the strategy in order to to get you know the audience engaged over a period of time so that's how you know my services give to the brand is to offer them the guideline you know on how to better target their audience and also how to keep the audience engaged, especially the target, you know, the target, you know, to be engaged on a particular TikTok channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by offering them the know-how, they end up, you know, saving a lot of, you know, advertising fees and getting, you know, more target audience, get the audience to engage with the, how to say, the TikToker, you know, <laughs> that the brand selected, you know, to, to represent the products and services. So I'm curious, you know, for the old school guys like me, and for old school companies and all that, we look at TikTok and it's very intimidating and it's flashy. And one of the questions that I always look at, and, and as, as you get older, you think, okay, what's the payback here? And I'm just curious, like, how should someone think about TikTok? Is it just brand awareness or is it driving people to particular products or services? Or is it brand awareness at a much lower cost? Like, what is it that TikTok can do for a business that they should be doing it now? Okay, that's a very good question. 
TikTok started off, you know, by you know concentrating their content in terms of the dancing, singing, showing off the talent, pranking, you know, all kinds. But that period has actually long gone. You know, now they have moved into the you know marketplace, e-marketplace segment, education segment, professional segment, meaning that they need to expand to the wider audience, like you and me, actually. Yeah, people who just you know don't don't want to watch just dancing or singing pretty girls, sexy bikinis, you know, not, not those kind. But they just want to get concise and short, you know, something that they can really learn in a short period of time. So that's how the short clips, you know, becomes really popular over the past two years. Mm. And having said that, right, not only reach or not only brand awareness that you can get now, TikTok has got TikTok Shop. Or you can even link, put the link on TikTok. TikTok is very generous. I have to say that again. You can just click the link, just one click, and you can link it to like live shop. Like over here in Thailand, people shop, you know, over live official account. Or you can even put a Facebook link or YouTube link, you know, in order to close the sales, you know, over other platform as well. So it's actually getting into the how to say the the whole um, e-commerce transaction, you know, starting from brand awareness, you know, consideration. And the last one is to close the sales. So definitely you can use TikTok as the market, you know, reach for your product and services. So let's take an example like me. Let's say I have a course. It's based upon a book that I wrote called How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market. It's very beginner, basic, but it also provides really actionable things that people can do to start investing in the stock market. And that that course is about a four-hour course, and the book is on Amazon, so someone could buy the book or they could take the course. And I'm just trying to think about it from a TikTok perspective. What would be a strategy for someone who hasn't, hasn't never done TikTok, maybe has that kind of a course or something like that, has something to teach, you know, has something to share and, and motivate people to, to take care of themselves and take care of their financial future. What would be your advice for someone like me in relation to TikTok? Actually, you are more than perfect, you know, to have a TikTok channel because, you know, the way that you present, you know, yeah, like the way you speak right now is so clear, easy to understand. And of course, you're, you have you know, tons of experience in the topics that you are presenting. It's just the way that you how do you say, you know, package your video content. So you don't want to go, you know, straight on talking about ROI, you know, uh, talking about the interest rates, you know, going up and how you want to focus on a certain stock. You know, no, no, you don't want to go for that. You want to start your, your video content by, okay, do you want to go to Japan next year? Do you want to have like 100,000 to, to put the down payment for your first car? You, know, you, want to, you want to start like that. Yeah, because I, I've been working with, you know, most of the Thai banks, you know, already, I'm, I'm representing that product and services. Mm. So their market research, you know, is so clear in terms of the content, you know, instead of telling people that if you invest on this mutual fund platform, this is what you will get. This is the money that you get. No, we take that, we put that aside and the platform actually start asking, okay, what do you want to get next year? So some people say, okay, I want to go to Niseko, Hokkaido with my family next year. I need 200,000. <laughs> and then straight away, the platform just come in and say, okay, then you have to put in 5,000 baht every month onto this, you know, 
this platform and then that's mm. that's how you will get the money yeah so the same way if you, if you start it off and buy something that people okay people think that they want money but in fact they want money to buy something that they actually want right so that third thing that final thing that is the thing that you need to put into the first three seconds of your video mm. you can just sit and talk just like the way you, you do right now yeah it's just like i have quite a number of clients who who don't want to do like role play? Who don't want to like go sexy? Who don't who don't want to show like sports car? You know things mm. like that. Yeah. So they just sit and talk, and of course it's gonna take a bit longer. But within like six to nine months, they can achieve a hundred thousand followers anyway. You know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's uh, that's great knowledge for the listeners out there and for myself. You've got me interested, and I've had a bunch of people. Talk to me about doing it, including some of my young interns that did set up some accounts and we started doing it because they were like, when I'm with you, it's like every day you're, you're spitting out words of wisdom from your own experience and you're guiding these interns. Maybe we should just record, you know, short clips of what you said. And I was like, let's do it. So I see a lot of opportunity now that you've taught me. So let me, I think you and I need to talk more about that. But meanwhile, it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Okay. Actually, my, my main business is actually property investment. I've been in a property investment since you know, 2005. Yeah. And you know, I started off just like any new timer in, in the property industry. I just you know, flipped condo you know, for a few years until I got you know, enough fun and then starting you know to expand into building you know residential estate service apartments you know so everything I, I thought that i was very good at site analysis you know site analysis is something that is so important we always say location 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 three times why because if you get the location right <laughs> nothing could go wrong actually yeah and that very thing that i thought i was very good at is actually my very mistake on this particular project, which is very near to our Bangkok airport, Supanapum airport. Mm. You know, I believe that the better way to invest in a property is not to be the first mover. Yeah, that's what, that's what I believe. I wanna see how people perform. I don't mind being the second mover. I don't mind earning a bit less, but the key point is that I want to make sure that, you know, it's not too risky. Mm. Yeah. So what I want to share here today is that site analysis could be something that is quite tricky in for this you know project. Okay, I bought this land, you know, back in like 2010, if I'm not mistaken. And to build a hotel, you know, an airport hotel with some kind of a retail space. Yeah. So that people, you know, can just check in the hotels and then and if you get bored, right, you can just come down, get a cup of coffee, you know, get maybe Thai massage or even go Thai boxing, you know, they can ride, you know, rent the, the bikes and then go riding, you know, near Suvarnapoom Airport mm. or in, in the sky lane, you know, or even the Suvarnapoom night market. Yeah, it's just to want to make it like differentiated from other hotels where they just stand alone, nothing. <laughs> when it's dark at night, it's so, you know, dark and quiet, it doesn't look safe, yeah. So they just have to stay in the hotel and all the grass. At this project, you don't have to do that. So what happened is that the hotel was okay, but the retail 
couldn't survive. And this project actually sit on the main street, you know, right on the main street leading to the airport. The problem is that that particular street, right, regardless of how the the local people, I mean, the people who who were native, you know, to that particular area near the airport, warned me that this zone is not okay to do, you know, restaurants, you know, cafes, you know. They say that they have been here for like three generations already, and no one makes it, you know, here. But of course, me, you know, didn't believe in those. <laughs> Anyone who is not a property professional, I don't listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that that was wise, but but yeah, it happens that in this project here, somehow, okay, the traffic. I mean, the road traffic, the human traffic, just seems to be a bit off, you know. I mean. And that is how I even today I still have problem trying to fill up the retail space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Us people, you know, the, the tenant come in if they do any kind of like you know retail that rely on human traffic. You know that does it. They are not doing well. Yeah, but and it, it has been like that for the past you know ten years already. Yeah, so that. And when that when was it? Yeah. I'm just curious. Like when was it that you realized? Oh. Maybe the people, the natives of this area, were right, and I should have listened to them. Like, was that? Did that come about immediately, or you were like, "No, no, no, I can make this work"? But then there was like some day that you realized it's not going to work, or it's not working. It took me about five to six years to realize that something was was not, you know, something was wrong because the lease term is three years. Mm. So yeah, we have every three years we have a you know tenant turnover. So yeah, and then tenants start talking that hey something is wrong. They they did a uh, very good you know signage right in the front. People come in, to try the product. They like it. They like the food. They like the coffee. But they never come back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And how something- did you how did you feel once you kind of realized the mistake that you made or? What you overlooked? How did it make you feel? You know, Andrew. Sometimes when you can't really get to know what actually went wrong, is is that kind of frustration? No matter because I I have I have a lot of consultants, you know, that I can call and get them to come and have a look. They all can't figure out, you know, what was the problem. I even. Get like uh, you know one of the best architect in, in here in Thailand to go there just, just to check. I mean, if the signage was a bit off or the layout of the whole project was wrong, I even get those fortune teller, you know, Chinese version and the Thai version to come in and have a look. Yeah, try all kinds of things, and but anyway, you know, I I started to to change the the tenant mix. You know, to yep. to to bring in I mean the solution. We can talk about the solution later. Well, let's yeah. let's talk about the lessons that you learned from this experience. I mean, it is a valuable thing, and you already went into this experience with a lot of experience and knowledge. So I can imagine that you really have learned a lot from that. The lesson learned is that listen to the elder. Yes, no matter what experience that they have, you know. But just because they're they were there the whole life. So you you should listen to them really. I mean, listen to the elder. I mean, being a like you know overseas graduate like me, sometimes I just don't listen 
enough. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I was, I think I am a good listener, but maybe I'm too selective, you know, in, in terms of the being overconfident, yeah, I would say, yeah. Yep. Maybe I'll share a couple things that I take away. I think, you know, that's the first thing, first thing I wrote down when you started talking about the, what people said in that area. I said, ancient wisdom, I wrote down, and I wrote down wisdom of elders. And, you know, truthfully, what's happening when we go to MBA school and we go to, to do all of this quantitative stuff and analysis, all we're doing is we're trying to quantify what they already see, you know. There's different ways of observing something. One way is collecting specific data into specific data sets, into specific analysis software. You know, that's one way. Another way is just sit there for a couple of days and look at it. There are very many real estate professionals around the world that just go and sit in front of a place for a couple of days and just look at it in the daytime, at the nighttime, and they just think about it. And... That's something that I think what's missing sometimes in this world with young people is they think that the answer is going to come through statistics and all of that, but they don't realize that, okay, the answer can come through those statistics, but statistics is just one way of getting information that we need to make a decision. So that was kind of the first thing that I was thinking about. And the second thing is I just wanted to talk about that feeling you talked about frustration. You know, it's one thing to just blindly lose money. You know, you just go in and you buy some Bitcoin and it crashes by 50%. And it's like, it's not frustration. It's just, you know, you're just mad. What did I do? You know, you're just disappointed with yourself or whatever. But this point of when you're making an investment into something as substantial as what you're talking about, it's not something you just run away from. You just can't, oh, I'm going I'm to get out of this. It's not a liquid investment. So you have to deal with it. And then there's this frustration of, you know, I wish I had started it this way. I wish I had designed it this way. And those are some of those frustrations you can solve, but some you can't. You know, like trying to bring in, you know, the feng shui or other types of Thai spirit house and all the other different things. To think maybe I could do something here. A little change would make a big difference. But, you know, it's frustrating when even that doesn't work. And then, you know, so I do want to just highlight those two things, as you've already talked about, listening to the elders and understanding that that wisdom that we have out there doesn't, we can respect the wisdom that's not in a database. That's number one. Number two is that part of the critical thing about trying to help people to avoid making the same mistakes that we've made is we can help you avoid the frustration and disappointment and those feelings anything you would add to that yeah definitely and you know when we work right sometimes people try to talk to you all right not only the elder but other people as well people try to talk to you but you can't hear it somehow you can't hear it you don't it just doesn't get into your head yeah so you have to be really aware you know of those information always yeah that's that's what i want to say is that sometimes in your life you know you don't listen enough really mm. yeah so it happens even you know i i actually you know andrew i actually was very quite aggressive in terms of in terms of you know my my investment mm. until i meet this fortune teller <laughs> but you know he gave me, I, I told him just like what I told you, you know, and the audience just now. He told me that, okay, 
I need to change my phone number. <laughs> so I did. I changed the phone number and all the numbers that is there. It's not a, a nice number. I can't even remember the number. You know, today <laughs> it's so difficult to remember. But all the numbers actually represent the power that would keep me calm and alert. Okay, and I bought it. I bought the number. Quite expensive, but I bought it. But anyway, it works now. I'm more. You know, careful. I'm a lot more thoughtful. I'm, I'm actually more more cool down. You know, when I listen to people, mm. I speak less. I listen a lot more. But of course, that's I, I don't think that's about a number. But it's it's just the thing that the fortune teller told me. You know, during that one hour, that I need to change, and the and number can help. Yeah, <laughs> the number was just a symbolism, maybe that helped you make that change. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take? I can imagine, you know, they're standing in front of a piece of land. They're standing in front of a building. They've got their imagination of what this is going to be. This is going to be amazing. Let's help them. What one action would you tell them to do? Okay. There are, there are always two groups of people, you know, when you ask them to, to, to you know, when you consult with them, right? One, agree with you. This is good. They tell you all the good things. Mm. And there's also those, uh, what we call devil advocates, right? People who don't agree. In, inside you, you have to be really neutral. You have to really justify you know, all the facts, you know, with, with all the reasoning. People who might not have the data or the reason, you know, but they know that they are there. They have seen enough, you know, to tell us what they think and why they think is not the right thing to do mm. you better listen to that and you better find out you better look into it you know you better scrutinize you know to the to the bottom of why they are saying that yep. because that that one little thing that you you don't think is going to be a big deal later could be the very you know reason why things don't go according to plan so great search yes. out that person and listen to them yes yes great exactly. great advice and I'm going to give a little uh, additional advice to the listeners out there. I remember when I first started my first job at Pepsi in Los Angeles, and I was working in the factory, and I was a supervisor. I was just a young guy, and I didn't know much. And I was working with all of these guys that had been running, working in this factory for decades. So what I had is I had a little notebook, a flip notebook that I took notes on. I kept that in my top pocket. And every time that something happened, every time that someone spoke, I wrote it down. And then nowadays, I still have not that flip notebook, but I've created my own notebook. It's a planner book. And I use this planner book. I've designed it just the way I use it. And I use that planner book to take notes. And I always tell my interns when they're working with me, particularly young people, I'm looking at one right here that was originally an intern. And basically what I tell them is, don't come in front of me without a notepad and a pen and a paper. You know, don't do that. And I try to get people to take the habit of, of writing down why. First thing is, it's very difficult to speak and write at the same time. So writing forces you to listen. The second thing is that writing allows you to remember what was said to you. And sometimes you may not hear it that well the first time, but when you go back and someone says, well, what do they say? Oh, okay, here's what they said. So write it down, ladies and gentlemen. That would be my advice. So what is a resource that you'd recommend for our listener? I know you've got a lot of resources. Let me know. Okay, yes. Actually, I have 
written a few books, you know, it's actually a video book. So normally the books over here we sell at about two, three hundred baht, right? But my books we are we are selling at two thousand baht. Yeah, with less than a hundred pages. But you go in there, right? There will be QR codes on different pages. Once you scan it, you see me mm. on a video, you know, <laughs> explaining talking about that subject. About that. Yeah, 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 and it works quite, yeah, quite well. Yeah. So that, where, that where, is, where can people find that? Oh, they can just. Maybe just drop by on on my Facebook, Doctor Oppa. Yeah, if you Google, if if you are in Thailand and you go for like Google Thailand, right? And you put Doctor Oppa, Dr. Dot Oppa, yep. then the whole page, first page, that's me. So you can just connect connect to me any Great. anywhere. Great, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes so that anybody can click on that. And you know, it's an interesting idea. I, I like that idea and. It's time has come for that type of video book with QR codes. So that's fascinating. I think there's a lot we can learn from you on this. So my last question for you is: What is your personal or professional number one goal for the next 12 months? Okay. Yes. Next 12 months, just like the past 12 months, you know, we some of our hotels are, you know, affected by COVID, just like any other hotels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the next 12 months, we are trying to. We have been actually trying to get the the empty rooms to be occupied by you know some other businesses, just like what we have done. You know already is the live streaming room for rent, yeah, things like that. Mini office, yeah. We turn the hotel unit, take the bed out, put in the work, you know, mm -hmm. working basin, and then they they can just rent it as the yeah. I I'm doing all of that just just so that you know the the staff. Can sustain that they're living. That's because great. now, yeah, even nowadays, I, I let them stay in the hotel rooms and give them some food so that you know they they, they can stay alive, you know. But at the same time, yeah, if we can earn more, yeah, definitely, I want I want to I know I want to you know keep paying salary to them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so well, there you go, listeners. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Tay, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Okay, so thank you very much for listening today, and I hope that uh, Andrew and I today can really stop someone from really losing another dollar from the mistake you know that I made. Thank you. You have definitely contributed to that mission, and that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, saying thank you for joining this mission, and I'll see you on the upside.